You're listening to the Counter Culture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. 84% of people who've been wounded by abortion actually prefer a non-faith-based approach for help and healing. Support After Abortion is doing just that, helping both men and women, fathers and mothers, heal from the traumatic experience of abortions and loss. With healing, we might just be able to change our country's point of view about abortion. This is the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, and I want to give a quick shout out to Culture of Life for this hat. I love it. I wear it all the time. 1972, which is on this hat, was the last year in America where we lived in a culture of life. We are so close to returning to that once again in our land. Please be praying. Go to col1972.com. That's col1972.com for all your pro-life goods. And let's get the baby-saving conversation started this summer. Also, thank you to Pro Love Ministries for this sweet shirt, Love is Louder. You can minister to any abortion worker in your area and help them get out of their current employment at an abortion clinic by going to abortionworker.com. Now, the theme of this series, we are dedicating to flipping the culture of death to the culture of life. We are all about saving babies and finding healing after an abortion for both men and women. And to help us head in the right direction, I'm with Lisa Rowe, CEO of Support After Abortion. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Absolutely. You have one of the biggest jobs, I think, in America and around this globe, bringing hope and healing to people that have experienced abortion, experienced the loss, devastation. Thank you for dedicating your life to such a worthy, worthy cause. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful you understand how big it is and how important it is. That's that's part of the, the, the process. It's part of that whole understanding that healing actually can end abortion. Absolutely. Now, you've spent the last two decades equipping and empowering thousands of at-risk children, hurting adults, broken families, find hope, healing, and restoration. I'm going to start crying. We didn't even get started yet. You've invested a great deal of time and leadership into helping men, women, families heal from foster care, teen parenting, sex trafficking, unexpected pregnancies, divorce, abortion, codependency, and addiction, all which speak major, major in my heart as well. You are my hero, Lisa, and I'm thankful that my dear friend, Joe Baker, who has been saving babies for 20 plus years now, connected us. Lisa, tell us about your support after abortion. What do you do and who do you serve with that? First of all, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> Super humbled to be able to be here and to have been on this journey. You know, it, it was my own healing and all of the dysfunction that my life has kind of traveled through that has given me a heart for people that hurt. And that's what we're doing at Support After Abortion. We're bringing awareness to a conversation that is so polarized, right? I mean, if we think about, if we closed our eyes for five seconds and thought, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say abortion? Oftentimes people say politics or who am I voting for? Or what did my priest say? Or maybe it's somebody who's experienced abortion and they say, you know, it's socially acceptable, but not one person in my world is talking about it. And so that's what we're doing at Support After Abortion is we're helping people understand that abortion is among all of the symptoms of our world. It's among all the things you read that I've been able to do on my journey through my 
professional life, right? It's up there with sex trafficking. It's up there with divorce and poverty and homelessness and rape and domestic violence. It's it's one of the things that we do as a human being to help solve problems when we don't have tools, right? And so, so many of the men and women in our world see pregnancy as a problem because they're not standing on solid ground. And so abortion has become a solution for them and they don't understand what's coming next as a result. And so at Support After Abortion, not only are we bringing awareness, compassionate understanding around this topic, but we're helping leaders in the industry deliver best practice models. You shared the statistic at the beginning that actually 84% of men and women surveyed in the United States don't want to start with a faith-based curriculum or something of their faith. But the, but the reality is right now, Tina, every single program, for the most part, is offering some element of Christianity or some element of spirituality. And that just isn't meeting people where they are. And so helping leaders better understand that we've got to meet people like Jesus did right at the well, like he did with the woman at the well and give them what they need in that moment, right? And then journey through through relationship and understanding and compassion to a different space and place of healing. And, uh, and we're helping to change the world by building capacity to have this conversation and then deliver services so people can truly find healing. I love what you do. And I'm just now learning some of all of it. There's so much amazing resources you've got. My pressing question is, why do you think that the churches are not doing a good enough job and people would rather go to a non-faith-based place? Because that means Christians are doing something wrong. Well, actually, from a clinical standpoint, anytime we've experienced trauma and then we've acted out as a result, we operate out of shame. And so I like to describe to people, shame is like putting on one of those suits we were talking about our kids earlier. You know, I think about my son in his Spider-Man suit and he's, mom, zip that thing up in the back. And then he puts his, you know, hat on or his mask on and all of it. That's what shame is. It's like this disguise to the world that we are somebody that we're different or that our that our pain and our decisions are who we are. And that's not at all the truth that God wants us to walk in. However, it is a large majority with one in four women before their 45th birthday. That means one in five, one in four men before their 45th birthday will experience abortion, right? That shame with nobody talking about this conversation, they're not being very many people delivering services for folks. They, do, they zip up that Spider-Man suit, that shame suit, and then they walk separated from the world. And so that's happening with our leadership in our churches. It's happening with people that are leading small groups in our churches. We're just afraid. And and also I would say that culture has a large part to do with this. You know, we've never seen as a culture abortion as a heart issue. We've always seen it as that political issue. We vote on it every year, you know, or every four years and all these things. And so we don't have a space in place to say, you're safe to talk to about abortion. This is a safe space to talk about abortion. I'm not going to come at you with vote for this person, vote for that person, or this is the biggest sin, or you're a murderer. I'm going to come at it with a place that I'm going to help you unzip that shame suit. And so we just have found as a culture, we're not prepared and we don't realize how the narrative has truly shaped us. That was so good. Okay. We've got this image right here. We've got nine of 10 people impacted by abortion, don't know where to go for healing. That blows my mind that that many people don't know who to talk to, where to pick up the phone. Why do you think that is? 
for all the reasons we've discussed, you know, if this is a political and religious issue, if it's not a hard issue, if we're not talking about it, but it's socially acceptable, if the programs that we're offering are very similar in nature, and we're not in a place where we're really meeting people right where they are with the product that they need, we have a, a, a product and marketing problem, right? We, we have 90% of our world who says, I didn't know that there was even something that was out there to talk about abortion. I didn't even know abortion hurt people, right? I mean, these are the things we hear all the time. Um, and, and it has to do with everything we've discussed so far. And then it keeps people buried from not being who God truly wants them to be because they feel guilty and shameful and feel like they can't relate to anybody else in the church body mm -hmm. when you have a fourth of the church body that have been impacted personally by abortion. Right. Wow. The, the veils are coming off the ice here. Unbelievable. It, it goes a lot deeper than what I even imagined. And I've been a pro-lifer since I was five, you know, in a diaper mm -hmm. practically. Right. I just, I, I love life. Here we have a phenomenal testimonial from a woman who had an abortion and shares why healing is absolutely essential. Check this out. I had an abortion when I was 18. I was a freshman in college. Looking back on it, it was the only choice I considered at the time. I wasn't pro-life or pro-choice. I was pro-me. I was in love with the father, and I knew that my parents wouldn't approve of our relationship. I was so scared of losing him. No one questioned my decision, not the nurse who did the pregnancy test, not my boyfriend, or my roommate who gave me the money. I found out I was pregnant on Wednesday, had my abortion on Friday, and was back in class on Monday. A few years later, our relationship ended. The thing I was trying to protect the most by having an abortion happened anyway. I became really promiscuous after our breakup, having unprotected sex with any guy that looked my way. Eventually, I got married and my husband and I tried for several years to get pregnant only to find out that we couldn't. I was devastated. I remember thinking at that moment, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. We tried to adopt privately about a year later. I was so excited. I had the car packed weeks before she was due. Finally, we got the call. She was in labor. We drove seven hours really fast to reach her. I think I was out of the car before we came to a complete stop. I ran through the hospital doors only to be stopped and told that she had changed her mind. I could barely breathe. I cried the whole way home. I could vividly remember thinking having an abortion had messed up my one chance to have children. My life spiraled downhill from there. Alcohol and drugs numbed my pain. My marriage ended. I'd pretty much given up. I finally hit my bottom and found myself in rehab, not for the first time. It was during rehab that an inpatient case manager asked me if I thought I was codependent. I didn't even know what that was. She gave me a workbook to go through. A three-sentence definition of codependency was on the cover. It took me a week to read it. It was so confronting. Doing that workbook changed my life radically. But still, through all of it, my abortion never came up. It wasn't until years later, when I was offered a position at a pregnancy center, that I was told I'd have to go through healing if I wanted the job. I didn't even know that I needed healing or that it even existed. I thought I was okay since I'd been in recovery so long. I cleaned up my side of the street, taking responsibility for my actions, made amends to those I heard. I was good. Needless to say, I still had to go through healing if I wanted the job. So I did. 
Boy, I had no clue how not okay I was. I finally started to connect the dots of my past. My eyes were open to how much my abortion affected my life in a very negative way. My choices, my relationships, how I felt about myself all changed after I had my abortion, and I didn't even know it. I've been through several healing programs since then. They always take me to a deeper place. Healing for me is ongoing. If you've had an abortion, we can help you. Don't wait another day. Get the help you deserve. Take that first step toward freedom from the pain and shame. Pick up the phone and call or text support after abortion. You are not alone. What you do is so needed. Mm. I have been talking to teens and women and men about this issue for 22 years when I've been sharing around the globe with the pop culture message because Hollywood glamorizes just a mass of fetal tissue. No big deal. And it's wrecking havoc around this globe. What you're doing matters. It's so important that we get the healing that we need. Anyone tuning into this right now, and you know of someone or maybe yourself have had an abortion, please contact Lisa at supportafterabortion.com. All right, we have some more major questions to ask you here. And I'm going to dig into that after I grab a Kleenex after a word from our sponsor. Hang tight. Optimize your health. Protect against chronic disease. The most powerful antioxidant on the market. 172 times stronger than vitamin C. A breakthrough formula called C60 Complete. Containing the purest combination of the world's healthiest ingredients. 28,000 positive effects published in research. Backed by top scientists and leading researchers. A patented NASA-grade formula that comes in easy-to-swallow gel capsules. Get $5 off your order by going to counterculturemom.com and using promo code TINA. All right, Lisa, we're back, and I think it's critical we dig in a little bit deeper here to what is happening behind the scenes with abortion. Abortion healing programs have been around for a very long time. How is your support after abortion going in a different direction to help more people with the healing process? That's great. So we know for more than 40 years, we've had some amazing programs, some amazing pioneers in the industry that have likely found healing from their abortion and then started becoming that pay it forward mechanism, offering opportunities for men and women to heal, you know, from what they experienced. And so that's what we started to understand at support after abortion is we had these mom and pop programs that maybe got bigger and bigger over the years, but then kind of stayed in their space, right? So we had programs in New York that weren't talking to programs in Florida. We had programs in Chicago all over um, globally as well, where, you know, we've seen women and men emerge from the healing process and say, I got to give back. And so these programs were there, but there wasn't a vehicle to bring them all together. And so what we feel like God really did was bring support after abortion to a place that could be objective. We could look at everything that's being offered in this work and then bring us all together to become more powerful, to become the space and place that we knew people needed to be. And so we aren't another program. We we provide services in places where we see gaps in our movement, but there are so many amazing leaders that just needed to know that they weren't alone. And so when we had our first conference in the midst of COVID, it was so phenomenal. The, the, The leaders that came on there said, gosh, I've been praying for this for eight years. I thought I was all alone. And then to see the hundreds, we had 8,000 people come to that first conference and they were mostly leaders. 
for them to come and say, I didn't know that there was all of these great things going on. And so we have really become that clearinghouse for the abortion healing movement, raising the bar, calling all of these amazing programs to new levels, bringing best practices, consumer research, helping them understand who is their client really and what are they looking for so that they can then choose to adopt new and different if they want to. And and then we're also just helping be a voice in this industry in a way that maybe hasn't been there yet. It's my goal to reach a younger group of folks, not so that we don't have people that have gone 40 years, right? Yeah. Before they find healing, helping that person right after they've had that abortion. And so we're really just trying to bring and echo this message into new and different places, even outside of the pro-life movement. I'm going to be speaking at the National Association for Social Worker Conference in a couple of weeks. And I mean, can you just imagine if clinicians would see abortion separate from the political and religious realm, and they would actually start bringing services into their practice. What we could change everything, we everything. Could, we could, you know, I could talk to you for five hours. I mean, if we have people that are currently pregnant, then they can adopt if they can't raise that child. We have people waiting mm-hmm. on the adoption list 10 years in our, in our country. And you can see that woman from that video we just watched. She was dying. She was running into the hospital to hold her child. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that can't have kids today. There's a lot of women I've talked to as well that can't get pregnant after having an abortion. Um, I am so excited to see what's going on in our country right now because people are talking about it now. Right now is the perfect time for the ministry God gave you. It's like build it and they will come. They'll flood your direction. All right. Support After Abortion offers healing programs for men. Thank you for doing that. I've had a lot of guys over the years saying they wanted the baby. And of course, the woman decided to have an abortion and all the hurt and pain they're going through. It's it's somewhat unusual to talk about it, but absolutely it needs to be covered. Have you found that men are in need of the programs that you're offering? Absolutely. Maybe even more ready for healing than women. Um, So our consumer research says that men 50% of the time didn't feel like they had a voice in the pregnancy decision. To me, as a pregnancy center director, I was astonished by that statistic because we had villainized men in the pregnancy center movement. We had said most women have you know, abortions because their partner encourages it. And the reality just isn't that from what we're learning from men. They're like, no, actually not. And so in talking to other clinicians and other directors and other people that really understand, they're like, that's not it at all. You know, you you put a relationship first because you don't have identity or self-worth outside of uh, this relationship. That relationship takes precedent. And there's things that are unsaid that make you think that maybe you have to do this for the other person or that this would settle things. The reality just isn't that. And um, and so we know that most men are wanting to talk about this abortion experience. And, you know, I don't know, we haven't really kind of gotten to the depth of this, but I don't know if it's because it wasn't, you know, uh, the baby wasn't growing in them, that they're able to see it and want to talk about it. But there's just a difference between the readiness that a, a man has for talking about their abortion experience versus a woman, woman right now. I completely agree with the men that you've helped so far. Can you give us a testimony of a guy that received help from your services there at supportafterabortion.com? Uh, I love when you ask about testimonies. It's amazing because <laughs> like, it's really powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, I'm thinking of, you know, one of the men that we have that's actually, uh, he's, he's just really powerful in the way that he served his wife. Um, he himself wasn't a part of the abortion experience, but he was, he would have been the stepfather to this, the, the child that was aborted and is now in heaven. And he felt like that wasn't my thing. That wasn't my thing. But the more she started to share her story, the more she started to share her pain, he realized that this actually was his, it was his family system. It was his, it was for him to be a part of that child's life and his wife's healing. And so, you know, there's that story that I get chills talking about it all the time, because how many of us are like, oh, that didn't, that didn't happen to me. But it's like, we are more alike than we are different. And when we're connected with people who've experienced abortion, even though it wasn't our, you know, specific story, there is a connection to that abortion experience. I've talked to another man who said, you know, I didn't know what I was bringing in. I thought that because I didn't have a dad and I didn't know what I know now that I couldn't raise a child. And so he, he talks about the experience of his past haunting him, which is why he encouraged seven of his girlfriends to have an abortion, right? Because he just felt like, but he didn't connect the dots. He just felt like that was what you were supposed to do. And so in talking to him, when he was pregnant with his eighth child and saying, what's really going on here, he was able to start that healing journey to say, Oh my gosh, this whole time I just did, was trying to avoid becoming the dad that I never had. And I had no idea. I mean, that's the invitation that I want to draw people into today is that there are so many things haunting us from our past that sometimes we're aware of and sometimes we have no clue. And often those, those things lead to an abortion experience, just like this young man. And he chose life for that eighth child. And he was a different person oh. after he was able to identify all the the baggage that led him to those other experiences and then grieving his children that were lost to abortion, memorializing them and coming to a new awakening as a father of a living child. It was a really cool story to, to be a part of. Oh man, I can just tell you that people, because they're burying a lot of hurt and guilt and shame or just denial, or they don't even realize it. Like you said, there's a lot of young people today that don't even realize what they did until Mm -hmm. they see the truth and then they understand your ministry is so needed in that because without the healing, once again, they can't go out there and be all that God's called them to be. And I just want to encourage people to share your story because we can save other people from that are currently hurting from having an abortion because they hear about your story and how you got healing through this ministry support after abortion.com and what Lisa and her team are up to. And also by you sharing your story, we could also save babies in the process. More about how and where we can go to head over to Support After Abortion's website here right after a word from our sponsor. We are in a cancel culture. Is your money safe? Are you holding it in a place that shares your conservative Christian values? If your funds are not with a financial institution that shares your values, they may be in jeopardy if you are not in agreement with their secular values. American Christians could lose billions of charitable donations without even knowing it. Capstone Legacy Foundation's charter ensures that we follow donor intent. Please go to capstonelegacy.org to help us see if you need to change where you are holding your assets for planned giving. That's capstonelegacy.org. Lisa, phenomenal, phenomenal insight today. I love what you do. Christ forgives. We have to forgive ourselves. And the amazing story through all this is if we've personally had an abortion, if you watching this right now have gone through that, you can get help, healing, place your faith in Christ, and then get the training you need to become a counselor to help counsel other women, men, and families. Blows my mind what the enemy wants for destruction, 
Christ can use mightily. Thanks to you, Lisa. We have an amazing place we can point people to, supportafterabortion.com. Fill us in. What can people find here when they check out the website? Absolutely. So we have a couple different audiences that are met through this website. We have a client um, site that would help somebody who's listening who might have experienced abortion. Maybe your daughter's recently experienced abortion, a granddaughter, a family friend, wherever they can come to our website. They can click on the text line. They can contact us confidentially. You can see the yellow button there. Uh, If you're somebody who wants to volunteer and you're like, gosh, I've been waiting for this opportunity, you can get involved by becoming a volunteer. And then last but not least, if you are a pregnancy center director, a social service organization, somebody who interacts, a small group leader at your church, a pastor, we have resources for you to elevate your abortion healing work that you're doing. If you go to training.supportafterabortion.com. And so if you go here, you'll see that there's a hub for, for all of the different audiences that we serve. And then there's resources. And currently we're offering all the resources for free. So check it out. We're um, We're developing new content every single day. Lisa, thank you so much for all your time, all your effort, saving babies, saving women, men, and their siblings. Um, Supportafterabortion.com. Check it out. Get involved. Connect with them on Facebook. And if you want to see the other episodes this week, please check out our four-episode series on saving babies and getting help and healing after an abortion by going to counterculturemom.com. Um, Lisa, thank you once again. I know you got meeting after meeting. Do what you can. Clone yourself. We need to save more lives. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Go get them. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 